0: Touchdown. Of course, the crowd wants Reed to go for it. Wouldn't be surprised if he did on 4th and 1. So, you know, it's with that time, George.
1: Welcome to 4th and 1. I'm Todd Palmer, joined by Nick Jacobs. The return of Nick Jacobs. Um, is there any truth to the rumor that I hugged you and it caused, like, you to, like, collapse and you had to be hospitalized due to my hug?
0: No. I mean, I know you just made that up for people. I, no,
1: I started that rumor on Twitter like uh, yesterday, I think.
0: I mean, I mean, you made an accurate statement. I mean, I don't know if that would be a rumor because, you know, it, even a rumor you hope has a little bit of truth to it. But, I mean, you just do reckless lies to begin with. So, I mean, that's what I call those. Those aren't rumors. Those are just reckless lies that you put out in the universe and try to say. So, for people that are wondering, the I reason we didn't do a podcast about. on Sunday um, and as Todd says, I don't put my business out in the streets. Um, as he phrased it, well, I don't put your business out in the streets. I know better. Touche smart man right there. <laughs> um, so yeah, basically I tested positive for COVID yet again. Um, second year in a row. Last time was when she's played the bills, uh, head of a Sunday night football game in our area. Only one of the biggest weeks of the year for me producing wise. So that was, uh, getting to produce from home that day was fun. So this year, COVID decided to visit me once again um before the uh Chiefs versus uh Chargers game that was gonna be on our air too. So at this point I'm just now penciling in when Sunday night football is on our air between October, November, and maybe even December next year, that I may have to wear a mask during those three months. Yeah, one of those one of those times you're you're gonna get it. Um we have determined that. But that is the trend right now. That is the trend. That is the yeah. pattern. We will see.
1: But glad you're doing better, and glad you can participate via Zoom with me on the podcast. Um, and don't worry, guys. If he coughs, um, you, you won't get sick.
0: From what I've read online, that is the that is accurate. So you, yeah. that was yeah. not so a, that, was, that was not an outlandish uh, lie by you. either. no, I think I think the CDC says listening to a podcast is
1: sufficient social social distancing. So we're good.
0: I don't know if they've actually got that on their website from the research I've done, but I do feel that that is probably an accurate portrayal. I'll talk to Dr. Fauci. We'll get it up there if it's not already there. All right. Um, I heard we
1: have. Yeah, so, okay, here. so speaking of the Chargers game, let's do, um, you know, like revisit that game real quick because I got to be honest, you know, um, when when the Chiefs went down twenty-seven twenty-three with a minute forty-six left, and look, I know that there have been. Um, some games, you know, uh, this year, you know, the Bills game, things like that where, uh, you know, Patrick threw an interception or whatever, um, you know, and stuff like that. When they when they got the ball back against the Chargers, I had like zero doubt in my mind that they were going to go down and retake the lead. I mean, what was your feeling when they got the ball back and where was your confidence at that the Chiefs were going to uh, find a way to ensure that the Chargers kept on charging?
0: Um, I mean, I knew that Patrick Mahomes was going to do everything in his power to lead them down the field on his end. I just didn't know what receivers were going to be up to the challenge or not and if they were going to be able to get open and be able to do what happened. But the Chiefs used to hurry up offense, which really threw the Chargers off balance, and that wore them out to where that defensive line, that was part of the reason they were tired and like they didn't get after Mahomes in the same way is because – they're already worn out from the game to begin to begin with, and then on top of it, that hurry-up offense, that wrecked them. And then, and then uh, on that third down, um, whenever you know, whenever they're in man coverage, and Pat took off to run, the defensive linemen were so tired that they ran into each other on their on their tackle. The two defensive tackles ran into each other on their stunt, and then so then that just they overcompensated and tried to go even wider. So then that just that just opened up that middle for Patrick to just sprint through as soon as he saw it. And uh convert that. So I mean, once that happened, I was like, all right, at some point they're gonna motion Kelsey and they're gonna they're gonna try one of their crossers and we'll see if that's there or not. It ended up being there because that's just a that's just a trademark of Kelsey inside the 20. They like to run that play inside the 20. And it's worked since we once we put up on Twitter, it's worked since 2014 against the Miami Dolphins. They've run it with Alex Smith, they've run it with Patrick Mahomes. It's just that's that's where you see a lot last of Kelsey. Right, but I'm saying it's it's been run for almost a decade now. (laughs) Like it's yeah, it's gonna be a lot of his Hall of Fame video touchdowns when Kelsey gets in at some point. Like, and here's the other thing I'm gonna say for the Chiefs: all those primetime games where the Chiefs do stuff like this that only helps Kelsey and Mahomes with their Hall of Fame bids, and that helps Andy Reeve with his Hall of Fame bid. Anytime you're on primetime and you're you're the only game for people to watch and you can kind of help set the standard of what people are watching football wise in some ways, then that's whenever you kind of, that's what helps hall of fame bids across the board.
1: I don't, Pat may need to play a little bit longer. I think I think Reed and Kelsey are comfortably uh in Hall of Fame territory already.
0: Well, obviously, uh, because Pat's only 5 years into it and Kelsey's I, almost at a decade and Annie's uh you know, almost at three he's getting closer to three decades at this point.
1: Yeah, I mean, but I honestly like if Pat goes ahead and gets another MVP this year and gets him to another Super Bowl, I'm not so sure that Pat's not pretty much in at that point. With like two MVPs and three Super Bowl appearances and at least one title, I think, I, I think there's a chance we could be having that conversation this offseason.
0: I mean, we may uh, have it, but he's still going to put up numbers to you know, kind of, for certain people that are going to hold out because there's certain people gonna be like that aren't going to recognize that he changed the game of quarterbacking with his style, and that there are kids over the next decade that are going to be emulating him and doing the same type of stuff he did in baseball to develop those arm angles, to develop those type of throws, to do the type of training that Patrick does with, uh, with Bobby Stroop so that they, you know, so that he can be pliable and flexible in ways that most people can't like getting your arm yanked down, your left arm yanked down by a defensive tackle. When some people, I mean, uh, may have pulled out of their socket, but for Patrick, he's like, all right, what's the next play? Yeah, no, it was, uh, yeah, it, it, I continue to be
1: amazed at how easy he makes it look Um, um, just on a consistent basis. Um, You know, I mean, I think we remarked on like the Jaguars game, like, I don't know that I don't remember anything like outstanding that he did that game. And then you look at his numbers at the end of the game and he's just putting up like silly numbers. I think he's got four straight 300 yard games. Now at this point, he's just, Um, he's the front runner for the MVP for a reason. And and it's because, you know, uh, he's very consistent. He's very poised, you know, and, and all he does is win, you know, I mean, um, you look at his, I think that's 25 straight games in November and December, um, that, uh, the chiefs have now won, um, you know, dating back to his first game back from the, the knee injury, um, you know, when he dislocated the knee against, uh, against Denver, then missed a couple games and came back and they lost that game at Tennessee in a game that I believe he threw five touchdowns. So hard to pin that one on him. Um, you know, but that, that's just what they do. Um, you know, I mean this is the time of year that teams can separate themselves in the standings and the chiefs routinely do it. Um, look, they effectively have a four game lead with seven to play in the AFC West. So, uh, you know, if you threw some money down on the chiefs to win the division again, back in October, or, you know, September, when it gambling became, became legal in Kansas, uh, congratulations. You can look forward to collecting your winnings here in a couple weeks. Um, but what else stands out to you about that, that chargers game? Cause for me, as great as it was to see what Pat and Kelsey did, the defense in the second half, um, you know, to, to be able to get the four sacks to be able to hold the chargers down the way that they did. And I know that Mike Williams going out, you know, allowed them to kind of crank up the, the pressure and stuff like that. But the, I think the defense showed me a lot in that game as far as when you consider the, the youth in the secondary, especially after Thornhill went out um, and things like that, like um, that defense, uh, do you think they can become scary good like that 2018 team did in November and December? And and kind of propelling them to a Super Bowl run,
0: I think the Bengals will not answer a lot of those questions um, simply because of this. There's there's a couple things I'll bring up that uh, that I think helped the Chiefs look as dominant at times as they did. So the Chargers gave away two keys in the game, and these were uh, these were pretty big towards what they're going to do on offense. The first one was they would motion the tight end, um, and he was either going to be the backside seal on the on the block that they were trying to do or where he was going to he was going to motion across you know he was going to go across on a pole and then seal off that backside, or he was going to be the lead blocker on iso plays either uh at nick bolton so that's that's what the tight end was giving away each time they motioned him in to do that and i, I kept watching i kept tracking in the first half i'm like all right they did it here 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 I counted like six or seven times. I'm like, if I'm seeing this, Spagnolo and that staff seeing it right now. And they're, and then then they started – then it got real crucial down there whenever their, the Chargers may get ready to score and go up pretty big there when they end up having to settle for that field goal in the second quarter there. And the Chiefs had that big uh, run blitz and stand and everything. It was because they motioned that tight end back end again. And they only did it – they only did that on run plays for what they were doing. So they were getting giving away – We're either going to run in this spot or this spot. Oh, and by the way, it's a run play, too. So, I mean, the Chiefs defense, you get the key off that, and that's good. That can burn you in the fourth quarter if a team adjusts to it. But guess what? The Chargers never did So there was that. Then the second part, because of the crowd and how loud it was out there, they had to do a silent snap count. So then when they were doing that, and they didn't change it. The only thing they did was occasionally, I can't remember if the right guard did it a handful of times where he'd drop his inside hand. But I know the left guard was doing it a bunch. Where he'd drop his inside hand after uh, Herbert would raise his foot to let him know, "Hey, tell the center to snap it." Center could keep his eyes on the blitzes and what was adjusting, and then he would uh, drop his hand down. And there was times where I could see Frank Clark with his hand while watching coaches film after the fact because uh, I noticed it live, but I wanted to see how they were handling it from the end zone cam. And there would be times where I'd see Frank and he'd just shake his wrist. One Mississippi, two Mississippi, and then he'd run. And so then the Chiefs started really hitting that hard there in the third and fourth quarter because I th- I think they got it timed up really well, and I think that's why they were able to get the jump that they did a handful of times is because of of that giveaway. And and, and honestly, the Chargers were doing that on on pass plays, obvious pass plays. So if you're defensive lineman and you see that hand dropping, and it's only been ha- doing on pass plays x amount of times. You know you don't have to. You know you don't have to hesitate for the run. You can pin your ears back and run and go. And I think that was a huge advantage. There was a time Lajer Sneed was coming on a blitz. Uh, he he was keeping tabs on it too. You could see it. And then like you time he's he's getting ready to time his blitz a little bit as soon as he saw Herbert drop that leg up and he's like all right went well, oh, no no oh no I didn't time it and then he's like right, yeah and then he and then he pressured him and Herbert had to throw the ball away. So it was uh, I think it was something that the team was able to get a tell on and that's just my personal opinion. I could be completely wrong. And if that happens, it happens, but I I don't think it was a coincidence that they were getting some of the jumps they were. Cause I even slowed it down freeze frame by freeze frame when I was looking at the end zone cameras and you could see Chris when Derek Dottie getting out of his stance before, (laughs) right? That's what I know. I'm like, yeah, I think they got a time down here.
1: No. And I don't know. Like In a weird way, I was kind of glad that the Chiefs were without like McCole Hardman Jr. and and Juju Smith Schuster, and then that Kadarius Tony went out early because we always hear about how you know, like, oh no, Justin Herbert's elite, but you know, he's his player, his team's always injured and they're always beat up and stuff like that. And I'm I'm like, that's true. I was like, but you know, when that happens with with Patrick Mahomes or or when they trade away, like arguably the best wide receiver in the NFL off his team, um, he just goes out and. I mean, look, they're eight and two. The Chargers are five and five. Like when it comes down to it, Patrick Mahomes wins these games in ways that, you know, Justin Herbert doesn't. And I realize that Justin Herbert scored late, but he also got picked off, you know, in the final thirty seconds after he got a chance, um, you know, to try to go down and, and get in field goal range and, and force overtime for the third straight time, um, uh, in, in that in that series and games played in Los Angeles. Um, it just didn't happen, and uh, uh, look, I mean, I, that was, to me, one of the most encouraging wins of the season for the Chiefs, just because of the grit that they had to show, uh, you know, the, the, you know, stay composed, uh, you know, I mean, and to see the adjustments they made, not only on defense, but also on offense, because coming out in the second half, Andy kind of you know, we we know it's not an Andy's nature to slow the game down and and pound away with the run, um, but they did that to start the third quarter with Pacheco uh, to kind of force the Chargers um, to to play Patrick Mahomes and in, in the passing game the way that they wanted to. Um, you know, as the game moved into the fourth quarter and it worked. Um, you know, I mean, and yeah, you know, it worked in the end. And obviously, we know what the defense did. The special teams is still. Uh, a bit of a mess, but um, if they can clean that up, um you know, I mean, I think that the 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 chiefs are gonna remain one of the top teams in the league and, and I think that they should should i don't think they should have much trouble moving to nine and two this weekend, Nick um we were talking about i mean, you know, who knows you know what matt Stafford's status is gonna be, but I don't even think it matters uh, you know with cooper cup on i r and um as bad as this team has played this year um I mean, it feels like the the Rams have checked out. I can't imagine they're going to be super excited to come halfway across the country a few days after Thanksgiving to play the Chiefs in Arrowhead. Man,
0: yeah. I mean, uh, the thing for the Rams right now is the is the fact that, like you said, Matthew Stafford. They haven't formally. I don't. I don't think they've formally put him in concussion protocol. I think they've tried to tiptoe around that, even though they set him out for the Cardinals game. So he's he's had. Suspected concussions over, you know, two of the past three weeks. And their left tackle situation is a mess because Andrew Whitworth retired. He's on Amazon Prime for pregames. Then uh, Joe Noboom, their left tackle. no, Yeah, Noboom, I think. Uh, they're starting left tackle for the start of the season. He's hurt. Then the tackle that they, they were using, uh, Ty, I believe, he they signed off the practice squad earlier this year. Starting left tackle, he hurt his ankle and he left the Saints game. So, I mean, you know, and then they've they, they just got to mess on that offensive line. They don't have, they, they let go of their best running back. To, the, they waved him on, uh, yeah, on, Tuesday. Yep. like they waved him and like, so now it's his Cam Akers and uh, I don't even remember. I think it's Sonny Michelle, maybe if that, or he might be on the Chargers now. I can't remember, but they, they're not in a good spot running back wise. Wide receiver wise, they, Jefferson's doing the best they can. They don't really have a tight end. So, I mean, that offense just, it's just very limited. So, the biggest goal that you have if you're the Chiefs is keeping Aaron Donald from touching Patrick Mahomes. Like, that's the number one thing. Just keep him from touching Pat Mahomes, and you're, you're in a good spot. So,
1: right now, the backup to Cam Akers is Kyron Williams, and they don't have another halfback on the roster anymore because they have, uh, Yeah, because I don't know. There there seems to be dissension among the ranks, and and obviously that happens more on teams that are losing. Um, But, yeah, nothing has gone right for the Rams this year. Um, I was joking about it being the Odell Beckham effect because, you know, uh, Cleveland and the Rams just haven't recovered from losing Odell Beckham Jr. last year. I mean, they're both still in the
0: toilet. So The um, the Rams should be hopeful. Odell's not on the roster right now because – he would be very unhappy, and he'd be voicing concerns if he was. You don't, you don't, you don't think he
1: would have been placated by the uh, the ring he got last year, and would be taking this season in stride.
0: I don't think that man wants to waste any of what athletic ability he has left on something <laughs> that's not going to win. He he had enough of that in his lifetime. Well, then I don't know why he's considering signing with Dallas. Hello, <laughs> I'm not commenting it. I don't want to hear about it in the newsroom from some of the Cowboy fans. Uh, no, that was
1: absolutely uh, for Ms. Diawal. Um, I hope she hears it, and I hope she knows um, that I meant it sincerely. Um, that I don't consider the Cowboys a legitimate threat to win the Super Bowl with or without Odell Beckham Jr. God, I feel like that.
0: Uh, I feel like that's gonna burn you someday,
1: <laughs> right? Like, well, yeah, I'm gonna have to eat those words when the Cowboys win the Super Bowl because uh, it
0: doesn't because that that bite right there if somebody clips it can be taken out of context for the next decade even if it doesn't work here that's fine that's fine um i'm perfectly comfortable
1: with it i don't really pay attention to what people say about me on social media anyway so um so i'm
0: okay with it um
1: uh, in well, the alternative i, I mean if it, it i'm glad you're here
0: because some of the things i say about you on social media man.
1: <laughs> right no no i see the things you say i report them all to trudy um So For people that don't know, that's my mom. There will be a festivus airing of the grievances um, (laughs) from the things you say about me on social media.
0: Oh, and and yeah. People keep asking about, dude, you keep bringing that hug thing up. And, like, people have, like, that's going to be a lifetime running joke that I'm always going to just be annoyed by. Yeah. And for the record, Todd's never getting a hug from me. As long as I'm alive, he's never getting a hug from me. So, like, take that as you will. Take that as you will. He's not going to willingly get a hug from me. That's right. Like, if that's somebody right. asked me hypothetically, if you, if you just won a Super Bowl, do you hug? Talk? I was like I didn't when they won the last Super Bowl, so no, yeah, no, he did not, did not even hug me at my mother's funeral. So these
1: these are true things. Um, although I did get a sneak attack hug by proxy from my uh, my eight year old. So there was that. That's not, proxy, and I'm pretty sure my wife hugs you anytime she sees you anyway, despite knowing that. You are you are less than appreciative, but it's never willingly on my part. That's right. God. No, no, no. It's never reciprocated. <laughs>
0: I stand there like a like a tree in a forest. <laughs> so, but there's nothing you can do. Uh,
1: you know, I mean, when my wife wants to hug, she gets a hug. It's just the way it is. Um, all right. So, it, how concerned are you about? I mean, you know, we we're not going to know for a few days whether. Uh, Smith-Schuster is able to come back or, um, you know, and it's going to be, you know, at least three more weeks till McCole Hardman Jr. comes back. You know, Kadarius Toney, you know, may miss some time here. How concerned are you, though, moving forward about, um, you know, the the attrition um, or do you think the fact that the Chiefs have put themselves in such a good spot gives them the luxury of letting those guys get fully healthy and come back and, you know, and if it ends up tripping them up in a game here or there, they, they, they can weather it.
0: I think the Bengals is the one where they're going to need everybody that they can get like the, everybody that they can get healthy. They're like, that's, that's the one that they really need to kind of aim for in my opinion. But I mean, yeah, this is a time of year, man, where, I mean, like injuries or injuries were piling up in that chargers game for the chiefs. And like, they were significant ones that were going to cause them some problems. And so where, where the chiefs can help themselves is what they actually did in the chargers game by running the 13 personnel with the three tight end sets yeah. like that is something that can really kind of, you know, help limit the wear and tear in a lot of areas. And with, with the abilities the chiefs have among their three tight ends, that that's something they can kind of lean on for Pacheco. It was, it's interesting for him. Cause I know it'll, it'll be brought up to the end of the time where I talked about how Pacheco doesn't have speed on Twitter. Now what I should have preference when I'm saying that is, he doesn't have lateral – he doesn't have lateral speed. Like, he's got straight line speed, and he always will. But the kicker is he's going to get caught when he has to change direction. Like, he's never going to – he's rarely going to break away on a run, you know, unless it's in a straight line to where he can keep and maintain that right now where he's at athletically. Doesn't mean he can't get better. Doesn't mean he can't change. Doesn't mean he can't work at it. But for Pacheco, when he has to run those shotgun lateral runs – that's why he, I think that's part of the reason he stomps the ground like he does because he's trying to keep that speed and he knows he has to. And so he's doing the best he has capable in his ability right now. But when you give him those under, under center straight line runs or he's just got hold a hole to run to and he can keep his shoulders square, like that's, that's really where he shines. And then when he got lit up by Derwin James on the blitz on pass protection, that's <laughs> – look, I mean, it's Derwin James. So, I mean, I'm not – you know, that's, that's happened to other running backs that have more experience in the league. But what I'm saying for him is when he gets in those situations and are not Derwin James, if that's the same result, he's going to have to, that's something he's got to continue to work at so that they just can't just use him on rundowns. Cause I know whenever they used him in the third quarter and then 13 personnel stuff, um, he was able to do four runs in a row. And he got tired and he had to come out. So, I mean, that's something long-term stamina wise, he's going to have to kind of, you know, if he's going to be a feature back, he's going to need to that. He's going to need to improve his lateral quickness. And then above all else, pass protection is going to kind of be another portion of his game. Those are the three things that I think are working against him being the full-time feature back right now, if he can improve those things. And that's what the four years on a rookie contract is set to do. That's what that's supposed to do. He's not supposed to be perfect in every facet of his game right now, or he would have been drafted in the seventh round. You know, like that's just the reality of that. So like, I mean, There's, there's, he can, he can, he can carve out a role player role in the NFL for quite some time if he wants to. If he wants to be the feature guy, those are the things are going to have to be fixed to where that people are leaning on him, like Mahomes is able to lean on Kelsey for a lot of what they do in the offense. And that's something that is the number one guy that the Chiefs need to stay healthy for not only the regular season, but their playoff run is Travis Kelsey. He's what makes that offense go. And, what early on in the game, the Chiefs were missing Juju Smith Schuster as the guy who could answer when Kelsey was getting hit over the middle and kind of getting double teamed and everything. That was the other guy that they needed. And they also needed the feature back to lean on. Those were the two things they needed and they were kind of lacking early on that kind of until they could get some things adjusted and figured out. That's where the Chiefs kind of looked a little lost early on from. Well, I think we're finally gonna get uh Ronald Jones season. Um Yes, now I think it, edwards, I think it has arrived right before right. Uh, right before the Christmas season. Yes.
1: Right. Yes. So, I mean, for those who don't know, a high ankle sprain is going to send Clyde edwards Solero to injured reserve. That makes, I, I think, three years in a row. All three years, right? The the, the last three years that he's missed significant time with an injury.
0: Um, yeah, because he had he had the ankle last year in the Bills game. The yeah. year before, he had the hip and ankle. Um, in the Saints Um, right? and he was gone yeah. for a while because of that. And I don't think he ever recovered from that one as a player, to be honest. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, then this ankle sprain, this high ankle sprain this year. So, I mean, and in, in, in my opinion, this is part of the reason Ronald Jones stayed on the roster and that you should like, no, we're not getting rid of him because injuries happen. And once they do, he's our dude. And guess what? It's the time of the season where it's, uh, where it's the ground and pound power football game. And the Chiefs can use somebody like Ronald Jones to to run down a defense with their three tight end sets.
1: I know that Ronald Jones has been frustrated. I know that fans have been frustrated at times that he wasn't up. But
0: it, I'm frustrated be... that Danny Shelton's not up yet. Okay, well, let's figure that out, people. <laughs> I, I
1: also, I mean, teams don't seem to be willing to commit to just plowing right up the gut and just
0: running over. The Chiefs, um when yeah, but I, I tell you, come playoff time, there's gonna be some teams that are gonna they're gonna ISO at Nick Bolton, and the Chiefs are gonna need a one tech to handle some business. Like, I'm just telling you, he better be ready. You better have him ready for playoff time because you're gonna need him then.
1: Well, and yeah, I mean the the the, the Thunder that,
0: is coming, Todd. The teams that, that scare is me is power run. Goes,
1: like the Titans are a team that I think they you know they they scare me because of their ability to. Um, you know, to line up and just batter the Chiefs um, up the middle. And then I think they've got a defense that's tough and physical enough to give the Chiefs – we saw them give the Chiefs problems with Malik Willis, the starting quarterback. Uh, What other teams do you think are out there that can present a problem like that? Because, look, the Rams aren't a team that can do that. You're not going to find out much about the Chiefs. I mean, you know, as far as that goes, the Bengals coming up the week after, you know, the Broncos in a game that – I think we'll probably get flexed out of Sunday night football if i had to guess at this point um but i mean you know they play them twice in you know uh in the the next what six weeks i think um i mean i think those are teams where do you think those defenses can present the kind of test the chiefs need looking toward the playoffs
0: offense or defense
1: do you, the defense do you think like the bengal's defense and the broncos defense can present the kind of test the Chiefs offense needs to see uh, to get ready, to get playoff ready.
0: I just think it it, for the Broncos, I think it just matters if they've given up mentally yet. Like if they're like, all right, we just got a handful of weeks left and we're out of here. Head coach is probably getting fired. GM might be getting fired. So, I mean, yeah, I'll put some stuff on tape and everything, but, you know, it's just, I don't know if it's going to work out here for me in Denver type of thing. So I think that's kind of where the Broncos players are probably at. They get a couple more weeks before, It doesn't matter to them anymore. Um, I mean, Bengals, yeah, I mean, the Broncos defense is capable of giving that level of they have that caliber of a defense. And I mean, the Bengals, you know, the, the Chiefs will be wanting to prove themselves after that AFC championship game, whether they'll admit it or not publicly. I mean, they'll, you know, that'll be one for them. And then Seahawks will be interesting, depending where they're at by the time. Christmas Eve rolls around what they'll be able to do. They'll have a power run game on offense to be able to attack the Chiefs. So, I mean, the chiefs still have things that they'll be able to work on against all those opponents. It's just the number one thing above all else is to stay healthy.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It was and like you said, on offense, I think it's Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, and then the offensive line, um, that you're most, if I was ranking the most important people to stay healthy on that group,
0: well, depending on what um, happened, depending on how Niang does, I mean, that, that that could be a big jolt for them at right tackle, just in terms of depth, and I mean, Prince showed some capability there, so I mean, you have that part of it, it's just, I will say, Orlando Brown had some struggles in the in the Chargers game, and uh, Joe, Joe Tooney had some struggles, and part of it was because of the ankle injury, to where he was getting walked back at times, because he got rolled up, I can't remember, I, I remember the in, end zone they were going towards, but... He got rolled up at one point, and I'm like, "How's that dude still in the game?" And like, he soldiered through it. He's a tough dude. I'll, I'll give Joe Taney that. He played with that broken hand before, and then he's played with a rolled up ankle a couple times. I mean, like that—that that, that's a tough dude. And like, you know, I, I got respect for him and Wiley playing with essentially one arm. <laughs> I mean, yeah, now he's got the br- he's got the brace, and you don't have the same flexibility with the brace, but he's soldiering through that. So I mean, they they got toughness on the offensive line. It's just you know. A, it, it, they are going to be very key in terms of deciding the Chiefs' playoff fate.
1: Yeah, I, I just, I think they're in, they're in great shape. I think they should move to nine and two. I think they'll, we'll get another good barometer game uh, at the Bengals. Do you think the, and we can talk more about it next week? But I suspect the Chiefs remember losing to the Bengals twice in January last year. Um, yeah, I don't think they've forgotten any of it. I, I think they, I think that it's probably fresh in their minds. Um, and so, um, I, I think that they'll. Uh, Be excited for that one. Uh, But, you know, I mean, like, this this strikes me as a little bit like the Jaguars week, right? Like, I want style points if I'm a Chiefs fan. Like, the Chiefs should win this game, and it shouldn't be close. I want to see some style points. Like, I know that you don't need to impress the college football playoff committee to stay in the top four and make the playoffs, right? But... Go ahead and do it just to make Chiefs Kingdom feel a little bit better about themselves.
0: Hey, I just want to, to remain healthy and come out of the win. That's all I care about. Health. Health would be the biggest thing I'll be tracking on that scoreboard and just getting a win so you stay ahead of the other Bills and Dolphins that are gonna be just waiting for the Chiefs to stumble. Yeah,
1: because you got you got three straight road games coming up after that. You know, that's always a bit of a of a roll of the dice in the NFL, but um, all in all, Chiefs are in good shape. Um, uh, Lastly, I, mean, I do want to ask, is there anything that you will be looking at as far as this Rams game that you think, uh, you know, whether it's Aaron Donald on the interior or something like that, are there some matchups or some some things that you think people can look at as kind of a litmus test or an indicator of whether the Chiefs are as good as they need to be in certain situations or getting better? Um, you know, turning the right direction in certain situations. Cause it's hard when I watch the Rams game to see anything that they do well enough to feel like, okay, like we'll find out if, you know, if the chiefs are really good, you know, when they face this matchup, I mean, other than like Aaron Donald, I'm just not sure that, that the Rams present those kind of challenges this week.
0: Yeah. I mean, Aaron Donald's kind of the biggest, unfortunately he's the biggest part of their offense right now in terms of potentially gauging that and how they can do and how they'll, how they'll perform against them because I mean that's that's just uh that football team's a shell of its uh, former Super Bowl self. I mean how quickly they how quickly they dropped off from who they were in the Super Bowl to who they are now. It's just it's just very, very different. Very, very different football team than what they were just back in January of the same year. It's just a very different team.
1: But I think that's also a testament to Andy Reid. I think that's also a testament to Patrick Mahomes and to Brett Veach, right? Because we've talked about the decisions they made to let Tyron Matthew go and guys like that and to kind of churn it and bring in a Justin Reid, bring in some guys who were hungry and want to have some success and stuff like that. Um, Because when the Chiefs won their Super Bowl, they went back to the Super Bowl the next year. That, That hunger never went away. They went to the AFC Championship game. Uh, you know, the year after losing the Super Bowl, that hunger never went away. Here they are at eight and two, you know, on the way to a seventh straight AFC West title in position to be the number one seed in the in the AFC in the playoffs. That hunger hasn't gone away. They could have trended down like the the Rams did, like a lot of teams, frankly, do, um, you know, after having some success and reaching a Super Bowl or winning a Super Bowl didn't happen with the Chiefs. And I think you got to give uh, you know, give Veach, give Reed and give Mahomes and Kelsey guys like that, some credit uh, for making sure that didn't happen.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, that's, that's, that's not an easy thing to continue to maintain that level of greatness as long as they have over this entire span from 2018 till, till now. So, I mean, that's, and I, and I don't, I don't think it's going away unless it's by a ton of injuries, which I hope doesn't happen anytime soon. It, I hope it didn't happen ever, but anytime soon for sure. Well, glad to have you back off uh,
1: IR. Um and uh, I got nothing else. Uh I don't know, I'm still in isolation. So I mean, is that like IR? I mean, well, you 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 know, you I guess it's like you've returned to practice in the concussion protocol. Like you're working your way back to full health.
0: Well, I'm in a bubble away
1: from everybody else, if that's what it is. <laughs> well, that's probably where you're most comfortable anyway, so.
0: Yeah, no, I feel at home here. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> All right. Well, I got
1: nothing else. So uh, with that, happy Thanksgiving, everyone, um, um, especially Jackson. Um, you know, I know you've missed us. Um, and uh, and with that, take care, kids.